everyday courage in leadership and entrepreneurship isn't about these grand acts of heroism. It's rather about the grit and the determination to make hard calls in our businesses and for the people that we surround ourselves with. It's about tackling these challenges with resilience, with a growth mindset, and especially when it's not easy or it's not convenient. And there's a quote that I always think about that says, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at the end of the day saying that I'll try again tomorrow. Hey, it's me, Sean, producer of The Expansive Podcast. Do you find yourself sharing the pod with friends and colleagues? We know that you love learning with the guys, but did you know you can book John Sonnet or Eric Kruger, or why not book them both to deliver a keynote for your team or organization? Email us at training at theexpansive.com. One more time, that's training at theexpansive.com. Back to the episode. Welcome to the Expansive Podcast, where we explore the frontiers of personal growth, business innovation, and technology. We believe that growth and progress come from expanding our minds, exploring new possibilities, and embracing change. Welcome to this week's Expansive Podcast, where we really are focused only in on one thing, ultimately, is to become masters of change. Welcome, Eric. Always good to have you joining us on, what do you mean joining us? You're part of the podcast. You're not joining us. You just, you, you, you're not a guest. You. you are Thank the podcast. You, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Eric. I'm a per permanent guest on the Expansive <laughs> Podcast. Uh, we are both permanent guests on our own podcast. <laughs> it's like throwing your own party. three episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to it, everybody. Wonderful to be here, both at Eric and I in Cape Town. And uh, next week, I'll be in Dubai, so we'll be recording from there. So, Eric, what's been happening? All good? Yeah, all good. All good. Uh, very excited for today's episode. It's funny, mm. we, we skipped a week of recording, and this week, we're smashing out recordings. Uh, so, it's good to get into some flow again this week. Um, and that's always how it goes, right? Is that sometimes you, uh, you there's that saying that goes, uh, like, if you're trying to be more disciplined, it's okay to miss once, but never miss twice. Yes. Have you, you've heard of that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. So um, I think that's, that's kind of where we are today. It's like we, we made sure not to miss twice. Yes. I do think you need to switch your phone off before we start recording though. It's only, yeah, it's only, I don't know why it's, it's uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Small, I'm a professional small, podcast. It's a very podcaster. professional podcaster like, that you've <laughs> kept your phone on while we're podcasting. You know, once, once I was on stage and I forgot to phone, uh, switch my phone off. And it's, it was linked to my watch and I don't know what was going on, but somebody was trying to call me the whole way through my talk. My watch was <laughs> buzzing, telling me somebody was phoning me and that was the most irritating thing, you know? So, uh, not that I'm irritated <laughs> now that your unprofessionalism no, has no, been brought I mean, to this podcast. I'm very calm total, and relaxed. Total professionalism. Zen. Yes. What do you mean? Yes. So What's today we're talking, uh, all good. Yeah, all good. Uh, lots of planning coming in for America at the moment. Um, so a lot of lot of trips planned to America, lots of uh, collaborations in America. So to all our American listeners, hello and welcome. Um, it's been wonderful to be connecting with each one of you personally and just exploring the potentials of America and what we can do there. So I got, I'm being invited to be on a couple radio shows and podcasts there. So 
really looking forward to diving into the American market yeah. and uh, adding value there. So that's really been what's on been top of mind. Um, but uh, as always, everywhere I go, I constantly get uh, remarks about the pod and people reciting yeah. the pod back to me. And like this episode, that. you said this, you said that, you went here, you went there. And so always a, always a surprising and delightful experience to have that. So thank you for that. So today's topic is all about courageous leadership. And Eric has done a uh, talk and workshop on this topic and in fact presented it at GLC for the EO event that we did together a couple of weeks ago, which we will be sharing the live recording from that uh, in the next couple of episodes. But uh, today's episode is a masterclass in courageous leadership. And so Eric, over to you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, brother. So I'll take you through a kind of a high level of what I presented at GLC. I won't go through the entire thing. And those of our listeners who've been with us for a long time will, will find some of the similarities around what came out of my book. Because when I started thinking about being courageous, I actually realized there's a big tie-in to the idea of being dangerous. And to tee us off, we have to start in what some might consider to be like a little bit of a like, bit of a somber place or a somber note. And that is that we live in a world of threats. And it sounds like a very pessimistic thing to say, but it's not. It's just the reality of the world that we are in. And Adam Levine, who's a novelist, have said years ago that it's dangerous to live in the world, to exist is to be threatened. And, you know, especially in the context of this talk, it was about those who are entrepreneurs, but of course it applies to everyone. But entrepreneurs, I think, know this better than many because they are so aware of the fact that the path to where they are trying to get to, to, the, to their goal, is filled with obstacles and these unforeseen situations. And so what sort of threats are there that we need to contend with? Well, one very obvious one that's been top of mind for everyone is artificial intelligence. And although AI represents a great opportunity to improve collaboration, productivity, creativity, it's also a threat. And one of the first ways in which it threatens us is that it's literally going to affect the role that you are playing. Um, whether you are CEO, like we've seen artificial intelligence play the role of CEO and stock market prices go up. We've seen artificial intelligence come in at the level of creativity where they've replaced copywriters and designers and marketers. I mentioned the pod a few weeks ago that there was a company that fired 85% of their copywriters and kept 15%. And that 15% that were left behind, their main role was to edit chat GPT outputs. And so one way in which artificial intelligence is a threat is that it might actually replace your job. But at a, at a bigger level, Peter Diamandis had said that before the end of the decade, there will only be two companies left, those that utilize AI and then those who don't. Um, so those who don't exist. So that's one type of threat. What are the threats? What about team dynamics and the threat of acquiring the right kind of talent for your business? Now, we know that uh, behind every successful business and entrepreneur, there are different teams that help them to execute and get to where they want to go. But of course, in the work that we do, we see all the time that teams implode, that there's poor conflict, poor team dynamics, and it very easily derails a team's ability or a company's ability to move into the future. So we need to be able to harness the power of people to move in the right direction. But we also know that Gartner said recently that one of the top three challenges 
that people are facing, that leaders are facing in 2023, is to attract and retain employees because we have an older generation that's moving out, a new generation that's moving in, and this new generation's demands and requirements are just vastly different. Over the past few years, we've had major changes to what's happening in the workplace. People want more flexibility. They want more purpose. They want more meaning. It's kind of weird that these things are like, um, that we have to speak about it in the first place. Like they are all these um, new trends coming through. People should always find purpose and meaning in what they do. But we know that there's a different requirement for what is required at work. And if you aren't living up to that, then there's a real threat to whether you will be able to attract and then retain that talent. I can go on and on. What about the threat to like your mental health for you to burn out as an entrepreneur? And but for most of us, well, it's a very grueling journey at the moment. We have long hours, high stress, immense pressure. And of course, what this leads to is a space where we just don't feel like we can show up and be our very best. And what happens when we aren't at our very best? We end up defaulting into this place called survival mode. So I can go on and on. We have threats to our relationships. We have threats to our potential. Uh, we have threats to our physical health. There are threats at every level once you really slow down and think about it. The question is, what will you do about these threats? Knowing that they exist, knowing that they are real. And the only real option if you want to succeed and move forward is that you have to be a threat to the threat. You can't hide away from it. And so what this means is that we really want to build ourselves up in such a way that any number of threats could cross our paths and that we have the conviction and the mental, emotional, and physical tools to deal with that threat. The last thing that you want is to be naive about it because when you're naive about the world, naive about the threats, it means that you aren't composing yourself in a manner that will help you to overcome these threats. So the very first thing that I'm just trying to land here as we get into it is that we must have a hyper-awareness around threats. Only then can we approach them in a calculated manner and only then can we start developing this character trait that has been associated with the bravest among us, that Stoics and scholars and screenwriters have written about for ages, and that is, of course, courage. So I'm going to pause there for a moment um, before I tell you a bit more about what courage is. But has any of that sort of hit home for you? Like, what has uh, come up for you while I was talking about that? Well, I've put a helmet on and a uh, bulletproof vest and... Washed my hands 15 you're on, times. You're on essay after all. Yeah. Well, I think just um, <laughs> now that I've been threatened by the electricity, the Wi-Fi waves coming into my brain, the yeah. <laughs> economic situation. No, I, I, I think you're spot on. I haven't ever really thought about the world with that filter on that it's a constant threat, but you're absolutely right. It is. There's a constant threat that's happening to our livelihoods. Just not even just financially, just our lives, like quite literally, right? Um, there are many ways that uh, we could exit uh, this uh, experience called life. And so, yes, I agree with everything that you're saying so far. Um, I think the variations of how to deal with this onslaught of change and threats is the real key because, and I think we've spoken about it many, many times, that when you are not in a good state, if your emotional, physical, or mental state is not in a good place, your ability to make good decisions are terrible, your moods are triggered, 
um, and just who you are becomes this default back to your amygdala uh, behavior as a survival sort of specialist. And so excited to see what these courageous points are. Um, and obviously for me, it always lands up to this concept of thinking about how you're thinking so that you can start to sort of engage with these threats in, in brand new ways. And, 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 and like you said, not to fool yourself that they're not there. They're all there. But just to prepare yourself for, for them, I think is a very powerful thing on a daily, right? Every morning to prepare yourself for these things and say, okay, well, how, how are we going to be dealing with these things? So looking forward to how you're going to unpack this. Yeah. And before I tell you about courage, just on that note about preparation for the threat, is that when people ask me, you know, what is the, the best way for me to engage in self-development? There are many different paths we can take towards that. But one of the easiest and one of the most readily available paths to you is to just engage with the threat that is in front of you. The thing that is going to tank your business or that is going to derail your relationship is to say, well, how do I become better so I can overcome that threat? And the analogy that I often use is if you were going to go and climb, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro and you set yourself this, this big goal, then you know that that mountain is a threat to you. You know, you are willingly engaging in that threat. But you know that many people have died, maybe not Kilimanjaro, maybe. Have people died on Kilimanjaro? I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Everest a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Let's use Everest. Um, because, because let's not forget that in 2010, John did base camp Everest. It was an epic oh, wow. adventure. Uh, if you followed me on my, Blackberry, <laughs> on my Blackberry photos back then, I remember, I remember taking photos of everything and uploading them on Blackberry uh, so that I could, I could be cool. Anyway, back in 2010 when I was an adventure man. Um, so you, you know you're going to pl go climb this mountain, but you also know that there's a possibility that if you don't prepare correctly, that you might die on that mountain. And so what do you do? Like months beforehand, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you do this because you're a, a physical uh, excellent. I'm a professional. I'm a specimen. Yeah. Specimen. Go, specimen. So what are you You are for? a uh, physically superior specimen. So like, like surely you exactly. didn't know training go, at all. You. you know, like you could just. Nothing, nothing. You just, like, you I just, just woke up and went. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I didn't even have the right shoes. I went barefoot. Cut off shirts. I went yeah, barefoot. Yeah, no. yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Minus 15. John Bear Grill Sane was up there. So. For everyone else, you know, who isn't John Sane, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the way that you would approach it is you would uh, start training months before so you can be physically fit. You would find the right gear so that you aren't freezing, that you can actually climb and scale this mountain. But more than that, you'd also find a guide that's going to help you navigate the treacherous paths of this mountain. So like, you know that this thing is a threat, but you are approaching it in a way that you can overcome it. And you are doing all of this preparation up front. And so... The day you arrive at the at the mountain, you're already better for it. Like you've already gone through this process of becoming a better version of yourself. And then, of course, once you start scaling the mountain, that process just continues. You keep becoming the better version of yourself until eventually you scale to the top of the mountain, you reach the summit, you get there, you're like, you're way better. But also, you've now become the kind of person that conquers mountains. And I think that's why just engaging with the threats that are in front of us it's one of the most important things we can do in terms of maybe self-actualization and becoming who we are supposed to be. But the way that we then do that, if you are going to engage, is that you need to be courageous. And courage is simply the choice and the willingness to confront the agony, the pain, the danger, and the uncertainty. And actually, McKinsey has said that courage in 2023 is a competitive advantage for CEOs. Now, 
everyday courage in leadership and entrepreneurship isn't about these grand acts of heroism. It's rather about the grit and the determination to make hard calls in our businesses and for the people that we surround ourselves with. It's about tackling these challenges with resilience, with a growth mindset, and especially when it's not easy or it's not convenient. And there's a quote that I always think about that says, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's the quiet voice at the end of the day saying that I'll try again tomorrow. And so courage for us, you know, we're not, we're not waking up and doing these, these sort of running into burning buildings and stuff. It's, it's more about, are you going to publish that podcast today? Are you going to have that difficult conversation today? Are you going to launch that new product into the world today? And it's, it's small things that we need to get done, but ultimately at the end of the day, they still feel big and they still require courage from us. Now, what's quite interesting is that as I was diving into the world of courage, I learned that there are actually different types of courage. And that's what I want to really share with you today, because I think it's quite useful to be able to categorize it like this in your head. Now, I'm going to take you through five different types of courage. But then once I've done that, I'm going to take you through three more types of courage. And the reason for that is, according to research, there are five types of courage, right? The ones that I'm going to discuss with you up front. But what we always want to do in you know, the work that you and I do is we want to leave people with things that are memorable and easy to integrate into their daily lives. Now, what I realized after composing the talk was that remembering five different types of courage is too much. Like you just, you're never going to remember it. Whereas three types of courage in the way that I'm going to take you through it is very easy to remember. And the benefit of knowing what these different types of courage are is to be able to apply it to different situations, to be able to say, this is the kind of courage I need in this situation. And the more clarity we have, the more likely we are to take action. So it's always good to be able to name it, to tame it. So let me quickly take you through the first five types. I'm going to go through the very quickly so we can get to the other ones that I actually would want to get to. So the first type of courage is intellectual courage. And intellectual courage is our ability to challenge old assumptions and old beliefs and then to embrace new insights. It's to be able to notice that there are certain beliefs that we have that have become outdated with how, how things around us have progressed, how the environment has changed. And then for us to say, I'm going to let go of that to make space for something new. The second type is physical courage. So physical courage is when you are literally willing to put yourself in, in, physical, in, in, this, in the proximity of physical harm. Uh, so I guess this is mainly for sort of firefighters who run into burning buildings and people who have very physically demanding jobs. When I thought about this in terms of like entrepreneurship, I thought that for most of us, probably the most physical courage we need is to brave the cold when you wake up on a wintry morning and you have to walk like 10 steps to go sit in front of your PC. Like that's maybe like the most physical courage most of us need on most days. The third type is moral courage. So moral courage obviously is doing the right thing at the right time when it's uncomfortable or when it's unpopular. And typically what this looks like is people who are whistleblowers, who speak up against the injustices. And how often have we seen that people who do this end up highlighting massive ethical failures and leadership for us in organization? And moral courage can be something that is quite big, you know, calling out something that's happening in an organization it could be something quite small, calling it out in a meeting that you have with just with your team. The next one is spiritual courage. 
And spiritual courage is about finding purpose and meaning in life. And it sounds like that should be an easy thing to do, but I think for many of us, when we have to confront our past and start thinking about our future, it can be a very daunting thing. And so, yes, we do need courage for that as well. And then the final one is emotional courage. And emotional courage is being willing to feel all of your emotions, but without guilt or attachment. It is to be able to express those emotions openly and to seek help when you realize that you need it. And so those are the five different types of courage, right? And I think, again, it's useful to, to know that there are these different types of courage that exist. I want to simplify it, though, and I want to bring it down to only three types of courage. And this actually comes courtesy of a guy called Bill Treasurer. And the three types of courage that I want you to remember and take away from this pod today is try courage, tell courage, and trust courage. And you can see how the five ones we spoke about earlier can actually fold into this. So try courage is about trying new things. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone and embracing these new challenges. It's experimenting, it's failing, it's pushing yourself to grow. Try courage is really the first step in our hero's journey. It's when we say, I'm willing to go into the unknown and see what's going to happen. Tell courage, I think, folds nicely with uh, moral courage and with um, uh, emotional courage. Because tell courage is about our willingness to speak up, to share our thoughts, our opinions, our ideas. It's about open communication and transparency, about having conversations, I think, that ultimately lead to relationships uh, that are vulnerable, that are open, and where we feel connected to each other. And really, this is the courage of speaking truth to power. And then the final one is trust courage. And trust courage is all about letting go and about showing faith in others. And of course, you can see how this is crucial as well for building strong relationships and for fostering a bit of a sense of collaboration. So I want to pause there for a moment because I want to just as a wrap up for, for the session today, I want to give you examples of each of these three different types. But let me pause for a moment and just get your, your thoughts on these different types of courage. Yeah, wonderful. They're really good. I've been taking notes. Um, it, you know, the way you describe it, it's almost like it would be a wonderful thing to have on a weekly basis as a exercise to practice with your intimate partner or your team and say, did we apply ourselves in all these types of courage? And I think that these would be wonderful values actually to be brought into an organization and say, look, we're a courageous organization. Everything we do is built around the five or the three. And so how do we actually practice these types of courage? And I think the, the way you've broken it down, um, also important for sort of modern times uh, so that we're not always using the firefighter example because we don't have that. There's no lions coming to eat us. But as, as easy yeah. or no, as easy as, as it is to say intelligent uh, courage, I think that could be one of the hardest is to think new thoughts about a situation, about a belief system that we've always had to change that, let me tell you, that is a very hard thing to do. Very hard. That, very, that very on hard. its own, just mm. one of them is just incredibly hard. Now, um, um, I, this last weekend, I was, uh, 
Wendy was explaining something to me and I sat there and I could quite literally and physically feel like my brain was rewiring because I realized I had to. And, and that was that, that's just the intelligence courage. Let's not even worry about physical courage, which I think in this day and age is people exercising hard, doing cold water immersion, or you showing up to play paddle with your lack of skills. I mean, that's a real courageous thing to do with the physical <laughs> side of it. Just kidding. Not kidding. Um, I think the moral one, I think, is really interesting because I don't even think the moral one needs to be as big as the whistleblower. I think the moral one is an internal one. And I think thinking about the courage to morally and internally do the right thing when nobody's watching, my God, that is that is an exercise on its own. That is a podcast on its own. Because what are you doing in the quiets of your mind? What are you doing in the quiets of being moralistic when nobody's watching? I think that was really powerful. Um, I think this courage on finding purpose and meaning through spirituality uh, for me is always a daunting topic for people to, to think about, I need to find my purpose. I need to find my passion. I think the easier instruction to yourself is, can I just follow the golden thread of my curiosity that leads me to my purpose and my passion? And that's really what it is, is, is following the, the thread of curiosity. And so if you are struggling with this courage, the courage is follow your curiosity, not your intelligence. Follow your, your passion, not an addiction to a certainty. And so that's also, I think I want to, that's a topic that I've, I was thinking about this morning for our next pod is setting goals in new ways where your goal is the system, not the outcome. And I think we've actually done a pod like that, but I think we did, this yeah. is really this concept. Yeah, we have done something like that. So then scrap that idea because we've already done <laughs> um, And then um, the last one, Emotional courage, my God, this is again, another huge one. Think about the aspect of people avoiding feeling emotions they're not supposed to feel and people avoiding, um, open inverted commas, uh, angry or, um, uh, depressed or sad and then close inverted commas. And then, because what I'm, why I'm using inverted commas there is that those are bad. We should not be feeling them. We are, yeah, we would be yeah. ogres and from the dark side, if we were feeling them and, and the truth is rubbish because we actually need to sit with them and we need to allow them to imbue that, be, imbue us and then move through us. And so just the three, I mean, the five that you mentioned, each one of them is a task of note, of note to what it actually just engage with them. Then by breaking it down into try, tell, trust. These are almost for me the, the, the descriptions of the behavior that's required from these five trusts. And again, I think a great extension into, are they called adjectives or adverbs? I don't know. I failed English at school. So these are the <laughs> descriptions of the nouns or descriptions of the, of the verbs. So the, the try, tell, trust, a wonderful way to practice these five courage types. Thank you for, thank you for giving them language because. Now that I have language, I have to, I, I can hold myself accountable in many ways in, in how I've actually showed up and uh, really, really very helpful. So thank you. Looking forward to your examples. Yeah. So three examples, one for each of the different uh, types of courage. So for try courage, I turn to James Dyson. So James Dyson is an inventor and uh, you'll like, you'll see his products everywhere today, right? But back in the day, what he wanted to do was he wanted to revolutionize the vacuum cleaner industry. 
And what he noticed was that traditional vacuum cleaners uh, would lose their suction very quickly. And so what he wanted to do was create the world's first bagless vacuum cleaner using the cyclone technology of his. And he thought this would be a much better way, but it would also be more like efficient and more environmentally friendly. Now, the thing is, along the way, um, he faced a ton of different challenges. For him to get to a working prototype, it didn't take him one try or five tries or a hundred tries or a thousand tries or 2000 tries. It took him 5,127 tries until he got to the point where he had a working prototype. And I'm like, I often like, I have, you know, I'll quit something after three tries, but 5,127 tries attempt was what it took him to get there. And the reason why it took him so many tries is because he always only changed one thing at a time. He didn't want to change many things at the same time because then he didn't know what was responsible for the change. And so you'd think that, okay, cool. It takes him 5,127 tries and he gets to this machine and it's working, his prototype, his, his new technology is working. Surely after that, it was just pure success. Well, you'd be wrong because it took him another six years after that of trying to get it licensed, going to manufacturer after manufacturer. And of course, all the manufacturers wanted to sell was vacuum bags. They didn't want to sell uh, vacuumless, uh, vacuum bagless technology. And so when I listened to his story, it was, I almost became despondent for him, you know. But today, according to Bloomberg, he is worth around $15.5 billion. So try courage worked out just perfectly for him. And the question to... Look, that's a, that, that... Yeah. Sorry, sorry. But that's a hell of a, that's a, that's a hard one because, you know, there's a, there's, for, for one success, there's a, there's a million people out there that are bankrupt. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we never got anything right. So yes, try courage, yep. yes. We always but, have um, survivorship bias, I guess, yeah. with these things, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> but, but I guess in the, same, in the same breath, there's probably like thousands of people who just quit before they could have been there, you know? And that's one of the toughest things to figure out is like, yes. do I do I push a little bit more or is this the time to quit or is this the time to pivot? Hard one, super, hard super one. tough. Hard one. And uh, But I think there are unfortunately so many people that they quit at like the 4,000th try and it just would have required a few more, right? And you could have been there. And so the, the, the question to be asking yourself here is what courage do you perhaps need more of uh, or, or what do you perhaps need to do to be more courageous in trying today? Where do you need to start something new or where do you perhaps have to persevere at something that you are already doing? So that is try courage. For tell courage, I want to tell you about Susan Fowler. So in 2017, Susan Fowler wrote, writes a 2,900 word blog post that ends up turning her world upside down, but also the rest of the world, to be honest. So Susan Fowler in this, in this uh, blog post outlined how she faced sexual harassment and discrimination at her workplace. And about 30 minutes after she wrote this, it was picked up by media and it went wild. It, it went viral across every platform imaginable. And what made this so viral was that her employer at the time was Uber. And so she details all of these. Do you remember this? It was quite a big thing. Yeah. I, I just I just heard about it on a podcast, actually. Somebody was speaking about it. That yeah. On the expense of podcast. 
No, no, which wasn't <laughs> expansive. Although that's my only podcast I listen to at all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So recently, like two seconds ago. No, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I listened to it on an interview with the CEO of the current Uber oh. um, CEO. And he was talking about how everything came to the forefront and, and how everything needed to be sorted. So yeah, okay, that's great. Are you right? So, I mean, once this thing comes out, it gets picked up, picked up by all these different media houses and it just goes insane. And what, like, what happens afterwards is madness. You know, they launch investigations into her life, into her friends, into her family. Her social media accounts get hacked. Her conversations are leaked to reporters smear campaigns are initiated against her it's like she gets followed by private investigators and so i, I can just imagine what she must have gone through uh, having spoken up like this so the uh, the outfall of this is that a, a, this conversation is brought to the forefront and that it actually ends up being a thing across the entire silicon valley where people are now discussing the treatment of women in the tech industry and of course, it also led to these investigations into Uber. And I'm not sure that this is exactly like the only reason why the CEO was then ultimately, well, he actually resigned and then it became indefinite. Uh, but I think that was part of the catalyst that created this, right? And so it, can you imagine the courage that it must have taken to have written about that experience? And so she, for me, or, or in this example, at least, she's the perfect example of of tell courage. And what I just wanted to say is that even though I'm using her as an example here, like we said earlier, when it comes to, to tell courage or moral courage or emotional courage, where we have to speak up, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's not just about speaking up about these big moral dilemmas. It's also just saying the things that must be said. And this could be in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with your partner, could be in a team, or it could be as, as large as, as something that she had to speak about um, that affects an entire industry at the end of the day. So that is tell courage. And then the last one that I want to turn to is trust courage. So trust courage for me is exemplified by Lego. In 2004, Lego was struggling, well, financially and creatively. Um, and at that point, the company was nowhere. They were bleeding money. And of course, what do companies do when they bleed money? They hire consultants. And the consultants came in and they said, listen, what you need to do is diversify. So this led to Lego jewelry, clothing, theme parks, and, and very complex designs. So what happened is that overnight, the amount of building blocks required for Lego just skyrocketed. And they also, one of the, one of the big things they did at that point was to release some of the very experienced Lego designers to bring in all these new graduates. And they thought, that would infuse some new energy into the organization. But of course, this just further complicated logistics and storage, and the company kept bleeding money. And so the new CEO steps in, Jorgen Knutstorp, and he says, listen, we're going to do things differently. And one of the first things he did was that he slashed the amount of component bricks from 12,000 to 6,000. So he completely reanalyzed, rejected the company. But the real moment of trust because that's what this is about, trust, courage, is that he handed over the creative control of Lego to the fans. They have these things called AFOLs, which is adult fans of Lego. And this is people that have grown up with the brand, that loves the brand, that understands the legacy of the brand and the appeal of it. And so 
by handing over creative control back to the fans, they help to bring back that very classic Lego feel to the product. And this turnaround is so successful that today it is studied in many, many different case studies in business schools around the world. Um, in fact, it's become one of the stories of how to create a turnaround. And such a big part of that was him trusting his consumers to lead the company and to say, well, where do we need to go from here? And so where do you need to be more courageous in trusting others? Where do you need to let go of maybe creative control uh, or something else that you've been hanging on to for too long? Or where do you need to take a leap of faith? So those are the three examples that I wanted to share. Um, I thought they were all very good examples of the three different types of courage. I think um, the the Lego one, I, it's obvious what's happened with the company, right? So obviously it's become such a huge, huge turnaround success. Um, Massive. Uh, Adidas, yeah. I remember Adidas did something similar. They also opened up their design to crowdsourcing their designs. And I thought that was really smart is that, that was they used the consumer. And obviously Shein is doing the same. Is also... They are using uh, economies of learning. So learning from our behaviors and what we like in order to, to make. So I love the fact that you've added that to my sort of, like my ideas around democratizing design. You're democratizing it. You're allowing people out there to actually do that. I love the Susan Fowler one. Um, I, I would just want to say that telling somebody very close to you something that could spark some sort of heated discussion or creating a boundary for yourself is as hard, if not maybe even harder than putting out a whistleblowing sort of scenario because it's a very intimate, close space that you have to engage with that discussion with. So at every level there. And then, you know, the 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 try one with, with James Dyson, that's a tough one, uh, as we mentioned, because, you know, when you give up, and I think that maybe James yeah. is yeah, yeah. incredibly passionate about invention. And and he obviously was that, that was his curiosity that just kept pulling him through uh, until he went, to, he, he kind of did it. So very good. I, I think that the, the summary of the pod is courageousness requires an internal dialogue to think about every touch point of your life and where you could just move it over one or 2%, just move it over one or 2%. And if you're just doing those incremental changes of one or 2% on the sort of physical, emotional, spiritual, moral, and intelligence aspect, you know, you really are just doing what's necessary. Incremental change on a daily basis, if not a moment by moment basis to say, Am I stepping out of my comfort zone in order to be more courageous in this discussion, in this internal dialogue, in this exercise, in this workout, in this career move? So yeah, it's a, it's a great frame, framework um, and something we can really apply to ourselves in very personal ways as well as to the organization. So excellent topic and excellently delivered. Well done. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, in closing, what I'll just say is if you are thinking about how do we create a courageous culture, in our organization, the, the thing to, to pair with this is going to be to go back to the, the masterclass on psychological safety and to listen to that. Because what we want is we want people in our organization to be courageous, but facing outwards, right? So like 
we don't want people to, if, so, if someone comes to you and they say, listen, I've really had to, to muster the courage to have this conversation with you, then I think you haven't created a courageous culture. In fact, I think maybe there's a bit of fear in your culture because people shouldn't have to muster courage to speak to each other. That is where psychological safety comes in. If we feel like we are in a psychologically safe environment, then those conversations become easier, right? The courage that we need to foster should be that we are a unit here together, but we are going out there and facing the unknown and facing the threat out there courageously. That's what we need the courage for. But once we come home and we come back into the team, in here, you don't need courage. In here, you replenish and you, you get support and you are readied for the next venture into the unknown. So that's the only thing I, I would want to leave you with um, if you're thinking about a courageous culture. So, so go back and listen to some of the other episodes from The Expansive um, to bolster what kind of what we spoke about here today. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Eric. Uh, really wonderful. Um, I took away a lot from that. Uh, as you share your research, as you do for your keynotes, it's always an upgrade for myself and I'm sure for all the listeners out there. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast, all about courageous leadership. And I would even not say leadership, I'll just say courageous living because it has to start with an internal dialogue all the way up to being a leader in your organization or in your business. So thank you for joining us. Uh, for everybody hasn't left us a five-star rating, please do so on Apple. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. And please do join us again next week as we explore a brand new topic, which we still haven't decided what it's going to be. <laughs> but we will do over the weekend. Until then, ciao. Goodbye.